When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Alrighty, time now to talk uh, more cricket and and focus on cricket and joining us to do that. Um, well, we spoke yesterday actually, but um, so good was Paul Dennett. We thought we'd get him on again from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. Uh, Paul, thanks for joining us, mate, um, on higher ground. My pleasure, Chris. Now it sounds like you're out camping or you're under the stars. Can I hear a couple of frogs or or, or locusts, cicadas? <laughs> yeah, you can hear the frogs and the cicadas and. Um... I'm not camping, unfortunately. It's just that for some reason, mobile phone reception inside my house is not good. Outside it is, so okay. <laughs> hence the sound effects. <laughs> well, beautiful. No, we're on your we're on your porch under the moonlight. Lovely with the the crickets in the background. We'll talk. Well, Pat Cummins did a, a press conference a few days ago, didn't he? And we could hardly hear him because of the um, <laughs> because of the uh, cicadas. So maybe that's a thing. That's a new thing that you've you've stumbled across. So we'll go with that nice uh, background noise. Last night, mate, crazy finish, wasn't it? Crazy finish to the second T20 against Sri Lanka. I've got to be honest with you. I mean, I thought we were we were coasting um, to victory there. Uh, again, our sort of batting let us down through the, the middle order. Um, but they looked Buckley's to, to uh, level us, um, did Sri Lanka, needing a stack of runs with not many balls left. Yeah, that's the beauty of uh, T20 cricket. Oh, was <laughs> funny because it's a game where what was the crowd 6,000 and I got the sense that um, mm. I was watching it I'm not sure how many others were but it, it, it rewarded me in the end it was um, a really exciting finish um, and that moment when Steve Smith almost reeled in the ball and he's sort of flying over the over mm. the sideline throws it back in and I think that just shows his mindset because he must have known that when he threw it back in he was ne- he was going to have no control of how he landed and yet he mm. did it anyway in a game that really didn't matter. The level of determination, it's um, impressive. It was sickening and watching, the, mm. watching his head crash into the turf. But yeah, um, and they probably should have won Sri Lanka. There was a wide not called right there towards the end. Mm. But um, I, I probably myself live thought it was okay. It was just over the top of the line. But on the replay, it was clearly about an inch wide. So yeah. that call went against them. And if that had been the case, there wouldn't have been a need for a super over. Um, Sri Lanka would have won it in, in regular time. They needed, I think, was it about 48 runs off the last three overs or something crazy like that? Anyway, they needed 19 um, off the final over and, and ended up tying and, and then through to the super over. On Steve Smith, you're right. I mean, it was spectacular uh, and it was a bit sickening, the, the force with which his, his head hit the SCG turf. And if our listeners haven't seen it, you, know, you might want to go back and look at those. I don't like to call it a highlight, but it'll certainly be in the highlight reel. But you're right. Yeah. Um, he put his body on the line to help save the match. Um, unfortunately for him, he didn't save that that six, but it was it was quite acrobatic stuff. So he will now miss the rest of the series. Yeah, he will. And there's also going to be talk um, about whether he should actually be in the T20 side. Mm. Um, I think it's been a mistake in both of these two games for him to have gone out when he did. I think that he is valuable in the side for games where it's a difficult pitch and you need a 30 off 30. And that's what he did in the World mm. Cup. It's kind of forgotten 
But we beat Sri Lanka and South Africa in low-scoring games, and Smith did well in both of those. And had we lost either of those, we wouldn't have made it through to the semis. But mm. when you've got a, a scope for big hitters coming out there, then I don't know why he's coming in uh, above those big hitters. So mm. I'd always want him in my squad for um, the T20 World Cup. But if it looks a belter, then I'd be um, potentially favouring other players. Or if he's in the 11, then if it's looking that way, then slide down the order all the way down. I'm sure he doesn't want to do that. I'm mm. sure he's keen to prove that he can... Uh, he, he's a bigger hitter than people give him credit for, but compared to the absolute power hitters, um, there is a level above him. And there's probably the case now that there, there are enough other T20 specialist batsmen, you know, um, that could probably uh, do the role and maybe do it better than Steve Smith, certainly with a higher strike rate. Um, and the, you know, the likes of Matty Wade too. I was, I was listening to the Fox commentary last night and... Um, Shane Warne, he was making a, a point quite strongly that um, the likes of Steve Smith had, had hogged a, quite a few deliveries when you've got a, a big hitter like Matthew Wade batting below him. And Wade, he only got to face four balls, but scored 13 runs off those four. You know, as soon as he came in there, I think first ball was a boundary. And then it's a valid point that Warney makes. Exactly, and it's a good point because I've been so impressed with the way that Wade has reinvented himself. He used to say he could only score in T20 cricket at the top of the order and that it was a mistake to put him in the, the middle order. Well, mm. he's found a way. He won us the um, the semi-final spectacularly in the World Cup. And again, last night, as you, as you said, he came and hit his first ball for four. I think he hit his um, third ball for six and then another four after that. So mm. he, he should be definitely coming out. It's, it's crazy to have someone like him not out at the end having only faced five or six balls. Mm. Uh, another keeper, and uh, this, this player's stocks continue to rise, is Josh Inglis. He top scored for us, uh, what was it, 48 off, I think, 32 um, deliveries. Again, very impressive. He certainly is. And again, the fact that he, he's a top-order player, he bats at number three, he could, he could certainly open. Um, that puts a little bit of extra pressure on the captain. Um, Finch got a, a reasonable score. He got 25, but it wasn't anything spectacular. And as I sort of said to you when we spoke the other day, that this squad is going to get um, some real pressure when Mitchell Marsh and David Warner come back into it. Um, that will, will someone like Aaron Finch find his way uh, being forced out of the side? I, I think they'll be very, very reluctant to do it. But ultimately, if he's not in the top seven batters, then it's hard to justify his inclusion. And the other one um, mm. who went for an enormous price at the at the auction is someone that I've thought for a while they should have in the Australian side is, is Tim David. Um, and he's someone that Matthew Wade has actually said today that he thinks he will come into calculations for the World Cup. And so he should. We'll talk more about Tim David in just a moment um, because you know he's not a, ha- a household name, but... Um, he's done very, very well for himself. It's a rags-to-riches type story in, in the IPL. Just before we, we get to him, though, um, Josh Hazelwood. I mean, my goodness, he is just in outstanding form with the ball, isn't he? And, and last night in that, uh, that super over, um, he, he limited them, I think, to, to about five, taking four wickets in, in total. Yeah, it's almost unfair that he just... In, in hindsight, it seemed inevitable that he was going to do that. Uh, when, when you see him up close, he is so impressive. Like six foot six or something like that. And he's just um, so athletic. Um, he considered only five, of which one of them was a bye. Um, so, and a wicket. Yes, mm. and a wicket as well, yeah. Um, he is um, fast becoming the, one of the best T20 fast bowlers, which you know he's been at that level, at test match level for a long time. And so the fact that he's gone for almost $1.5 million at the IPL auction is no surprise. Well, let's talk about the, the IPL auction and, and just sort of summarise it for our listeners um, who might not be right across it. 
I think there were 43 Aussies up uh, for bidding um, across the two days, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, you'll have these figures. I think around $7 million, maybe more, was uh, spent on Aussie uh, players for the IPL. Um, okay, winners and losers. Now, we talk about Tim David and, you know, those that aren't rusted on cricket fans, no, he's not a Hazelwood, he's, he's not a Cummins, uh, he's not a Stark, um, but he's a big hitter. And he has commanded, of all the Australians available, he has commanded the highest price at $1.53 million. Tell us more about Tim David. Well, um, he is a very exciting player. Uh, I would love to have had a camera on him during the auction because no fewer than six franchises bid for him during the process. Mm. He must have had a calculator out trying to work out the conversion from lakhs rupees to dollars the whole way through. (laughs) And it looked like it was going to stall at about a million. And then Mumbai Indians, who'd been sitting there quietly, suddenly came in and got involved and ended up winning it. So um, to to think about his figures, I jokingly said on the the show yesterday that he had a strike rate of 180. Um, I was being tongue-in-cheek. His actual strike rate is 159. No one has a strike rate at that level. And anyone who approaches that strike rate they average about 20. He averages 34. Mm. So his typical innings is about 34 off 21 balls or something like that. And he can belt the ball to all parts, not just um, uh, smacking it over cow corner. He can crack it to any di- in any direction. Uh, he's just been in the Pakistan Super League in the last um, couple of weeks. And you just look at some of the scores he's putting up. They're just incredible. Sometimes he's you know, scoring 70 off 28 and that sort of thing. So I, I think that the fact that the IPL um, franchises, six of them showed interest, that's sort of showing the Australian selectors it's time to, to get him in the Australian side. Apart from anything else, you cannot turn off the television when he's coming out to bat. He's the most um, exciting player. He's even more exciting than Glenn Maxwell, I'd say. Jeez. So a bit more about him. So Perth Scorchers, he was with them. Hobart Hurricanes as well. Um, and currently playing in the, in the Pakistan uh, T20 Super League, where I think uh, I heard Ben Horn today um, on uh, on breakfast with the boys here on this station. I think he was saying his strike rate in the Pakistan Super League is around 200. Yes, it's just I, I was looking through his matches um, last night and just my you know jaw dropping further and further. Mm. Um, he was born in Singapore to Australian parents and has really kind of um, you know hasn't made a huge uh, mark on the Australian radar that he was kind of struggling to get into the Perth Scorchers uh, lineup um, several years ago because it's such a hot lineup. And then it's the Hobart Hurricanes who've sort of um, thrown, him a, thrown him a lifeline. But wherever he goes, whether it's Pakistan or whether it's across to the Caribbean, um, uh, the Caribbean Premier League, mm. um, he just, you know, you can't keep on doing what he's doing and call it a fluke. I mean, he's averaging, as I said, in, in the mid-30s. And at that strike rate, it's just, um, it's just incredible. We talk about Matthew Wade coming in and... Um, striking from the start. If if Australia had Tim David last night to come in um, with five overs to go, then yeah. who knows, we might have got another 30 or 40. Well, I'm talking to Paul Dennett, um, Cricket Unfiltered uh, Journo, podcaster, um, broadcaster. He knows all about cricket. Now, just on it, I mean, his, his reserve price for that auction was 75000 So he's achieved um, about $1.4 million above his reserve price. Uh, not bad at all, but it makes a compelling case. If, if he's the highest earner in the IPL and there's some very good judges throwing their cash at him you'd have to think he's a walk-up starter to come into the Aussie T20 team uh, for the upcoming World Cup you think he'll be in it yep I don't know I mean it's a very hard side to get into the selectors can say well we you know we won the World Cup you you can't you can't say we're doing too bad a job 
Um, I think it's actually going to come down to what he does in the IPL. Um, if he has a dominant performance in there, then I think there's no doubt that he'll come into it. But mm. um, just because you've been paid these big bucks doesn't mean you're going to get a start because the IPL, they, they're only allowed to have four overseas players in the 11 at any given time. Mm. So sometimes you can be a very good player, but because you've got um, opposition players, oh, overseas players that are doing better, you find yourself on the bench. So it is the hardest place to succeed. Um, I think if he succeeds in the IPL, then there'd be just no reason not to include him in the Australian side. All right, so the big winners then in the IPL auction then, obviously uh, little known, Tim David, but now I guess a lot more known. Um, A winner, other winners, David Warner, although his price was slashed, still earning a million or more. Uh, Who are the other winners and and who are the, the losers? Well, we mentioned Josh Hazelwood. Um, he, he's a winner. Pat Cummins, like Warner, lost um, lost some money. But still, I, I think that the $3 million plus that he got last time was probably a bit over the top. So $1.35 is pretty good. Mitchell Marsh, one point two. Daniel Sams, um, 484000 odd. Um, Andy. Sean Abbott. For, yeah, Sean Abbott, 446000 Matthew mm-hmm. Wade, 446000 Um Pretty impressive as well. Um, Jason Berendorf uh, managed to get a contract, 140000 so um, the, the losers, obviously, Steve Smith didn't get picked up. Adam Zampa um, didn't get picked up, didn't, um, which which is surprising. But I yes. think that that's the one thing that you know the they have to be very strategic with the way that they put their side. What was together. his reserve? Do you know, Paul Zampa? Yeah, his reserve was um, three hundred and seventy-two Aussie. Yeah. Um, and I think that some of them look at it and think, right. Um, we can only use our overseas spending money very smart. We need mm. what we don't have at home. And the one thing that Indian doesn't, India does not lack for mm. is quality spinners. So yeah. what they want are real tall, quick bowlers um, that you know you tend to get the really tall bowlers from outside of India, some of the really, really big hitters. But um, poor old Zampa is up against them at their absolute strength. So I still think that... Um, you know, I, I still think that he uh, deserves to be picked up. But it, it also comes down to what the teams need. So, yeah, he was um, unfortunate. And some of the other... Um, Marnus Labuschagne uh, didn't didn't get picked up. I think that's um, probably a mistake as well. Hayden Kerr, the youngster from um, Sydney Sixers, yeah. who's uh, done so well, is only in there for 38000 I thought maybe some, some side would um, snap mm. him up. But no, Ben McDermott as well. There's a whole list of them that, um, mm. you know, the, the saddest thing is that some, several of them didn't even um, get called up. That's the way that it works out, that teams kind of give an indicator of who they're actually interested in bidding for. And if you're not in that list, you don't even have the ignominy of being um, passed in. You don't even actually get onto the um, yes. onto the bench in the first place. So there's yeah. loads of those that um, put their names down and, and, and never got a mention. But it is a it is a brutal process because the auctioneer is just doing it as um, you know routine and suddenly... A player, all these hopes and dreams come up. Anyone interested? No, okay, next one. Yeah, Bang. Yeah. Um, and it's, um, it's, it's, quite, it's quite something to behold. Yeah. All right, Paul, I appreciate your time, mate. I'll, I'll let you, you know, lay back in your hammock there on your, your, your outdoor deck <laughs> and uh, listen to those, those frogs and crickets. I appreciate your time on higher ground. Good on you, Chris. Thank you. Great stuff. There is Paul Dennett, and you can catch more of Paul and the crew um, on the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. This is Higher Ground. Plenty more after the break.